An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Oh, hold up. Smell test. Go ahead. Sniff those pits. Now your bits. Feet, toes. Come on. Could be fresher, right? It's all good. Old Spice Total Body Deodorant Spray is gentle enough to use all over your body, giving you 24-7 lasting freshness with daily use, from pits to toes and down below. So every smell test gets a... (sighs) Shop for Old Spice Total Body Deodorant. Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. DK is like, wow, that was really loud even by your standards. <laughs> if you are wondering who to start, who to sit, go to fantasyfootball.theringer.com. We have our rankings there for week eight, so check those out. We got every scoring, and then you can hit the little positional buttons and get running backs, receivers, but we have super flex as the defaults. So go to fantasyfootball.theringer.com to check that out. We're going to get to all our Sunday, or well, Friday awards ahead of Sunday's action, but first... We have uh, massive earth-shattering news to discuss. It's huge. The New York football giants have traded Kadarius <laughs> Tony to the Kansas City Chiefs for conditional third and sixth round picks. What's the opposite of a Sunday scary? Sunday horny? Because that's me. <laughs> God. <laughs> Sunday morning. scared and horny are opposites, but that's fair. Um, Hyphus, what was your first reaction to this? You Thank kind of, God. You like hate Thank Tony. the Lord. My first reaction was, I hope that my first reaction when I read this was like, oh, the conditionals are because conditioned on him playing. That was my first thought. Right. And I was like, <laughs> well, he's not going to play. So we're not getting a third round. Also, pick. it's a fake injury and he's just been, they just been putting him on ice. For yes. Kadarius Tony tweeted. Uh, the joke would have been funny if I was actually hurt still. LOL. Irrelevant people don't get updates. I think he was subtweeting Heifetz there. In, yes, he was. In particular. So, obviously, the subtext behind that, perhaps, you know, the relationship between the Giants and Kadarius Tony wasn't great. Obviously, Joe Shane and, and, and Dayball didn't draft him. He was drafted right. by a previous regime. They tried to trade him in the offseason. Right. He's been hurt a lot. Who knows how long he's been injured? We basically have no idea what's going on with Kadarius Tony. Dude, I, I got an So, that's the thing. This led to my real reaction, because once I saw this, good riddance. I'm so glad this dude is gone. 
I'm so tired. Of, goodbye. I've never been more. I, I've never been more committed to to, uh, to Tony just absolutely bawling out and making a <laughs> good rest. Yes. This I, is going to be the he most delicious thing. Pretended to be hurt. Get out of here. I he don't didn't care. pretend to be hurt. I guarantee you, it was. He literally a, like, just it, said, "Heifetz." Oh. I think it was an understanding between the team and the player yes. that he did not have a future in New York, and therefore, yeah. why would I go out and get hurt? Worse. <laughs> Obviously, he's got That's hurt fine. a lot. Already. It's a mutual benching. It's not if you him will. pretending to be hurt. It's fine. Goodbye. Well, I mean, everyone okay. involved was pretending. I can't wait for him to be like the next Tyree I'm Hill. I'm sure he will be good somewhere else. I have no doubt he'll be good somewhere else if he's I've on I've never wanted field. anything more in my life. <laughs> so I feel like we have to let people know he's he's 43% rostered in Yahoo, 30 on ESPN. Is he worth adding right now? I say yes. I already had him stashed on one of my teams. Same. Yes. Is he worth starting him? In the, I mean, the Chiefs are on by. This week, but is he worth starting immediately? Probably not. You, no. You're going to have to wait and see. But he is undeniably the most talented wide receiver now in the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, he's certainly worth a pickup because, again, it is worth it is about upside on your bench, and you want the guy that if they get a opportunity could be great. Ad admittedly, Kadarius Tony obviously can be great. I'm just very angry <laughs> and bitter. It's such a good spot. It makes so much sense. I mean, he's on. He's super cheap. The Chiefs could literally have him for the next four years, paying him two million dollars a year. And Juju could be gone next year, unrestricted yep. free agent. McColl, unrestricted free agent next year. So it would just be, you know, they have Sky Moore who hasn't done anything, MVS, and now Kadarius Tony could be their new guy out of the slot. He can play outside. Obviously, this all depends on like how quickly he can learn the playbook. Is he actually going to make an impact this year? But it's certainly worth the gamble, man. That guy's got some juice. <laughs> I can't remember a player in any sport where I think I'm more bitter at when they're leaving. I don't feel this way very often. I'm not a guy who gets mad at players. I, I can't remember a player that I felt more bitter toward in their exit. It is. I, I, I will say, and I'll admit, even though I'm very much rooting for Tony to be awesome now, like it's not a great sign when a team moves away from a first round pick after a year. Like that's a very bad sign. Don't forget speaking. the only other team that wanted him in the first round was Urban Myers Jaguars. <laughs> Whatever. L look at Andrew Wiggins. F disaster on Minnesota. First overall pick. The next Michael Jordan. Wrong fit. He comes to the Warriors, all-star, helps them win a finals, and now he's a completely different guy. What year was he the first pick? What does that have to do with anything? Football is very different from basketball. I'm just saying. What year uh, was he the first pick? I'm just looking at the Chiefs. 2014 or something? I know. That's Yeah, it's like seven years. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. There can be right fits in Andy Reid and the Chiefs and a professional-ass organization and Patrick Mahomes. To me, is the perfect spot for a guy like Kadarius. Yeah, obviously, if he's going to go to a place, it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are always the place where would a receiver go. It's the Chiefs to the point where you have to take the Chiefs out of it. Just like, can I just be bitter? Why you guys? Can I just be bitter that this guy just like get out of here? Let me be angry. I think you're quietly nervous that he's going to be great, and you're going to be upset that you <laughs> lost. Quietly, out on the I think very account. loud. He from the protest beginning. too much. Yes. <laughs> have I been quiet at any point so far? <laughs> been very loudly upset. But you've been proclaiming that you want him off the team. And I think secretly you just wish he was playing for your team and just he No playing. shit, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> the whole uh, thing I've been bitching about is he never plays. It's the entire problem. You keep saying, get rid of him, trade him, trade him. Why wouldn't you want to hold on to him? Because he won't play. Yeah, I don't think we disagree here. The problem Maybe was not. he wouldn't play. Anyway, I'm looking at the Chiefs offense and the way that they line guys up right now there's like no real primary slot guy like McCall Hardman is leading the team in slot targets or slot rate 46% then Juju at 43% Sky Moore at 40 Marcus Valdez Scantling at 34 I think they're going to move everybody around like they don't really have one guy that plays at one position you know what I mean so I yeah. think this could be very interesting I think 
he's a great fit for what they want to do. Like, just look at what McCall, McCall Hardman did last week. He had two rushing touchdowns. So they'll get him involved in that way. He's better than Sky Moore. Sky Moore is just killing the Chiefs. Like, he keeps muffing punts and stuff. Just get him off a punt. He didn't He didn't do that in college. I don't understand why they have him returning punts. Like, that is a hard job to, like, track the football like that and catch it when there's a guy in your face. Like, why are they having some guy who's never done it before do it? doesn't make any sense. So that's, I mean, that's the first thing they need to change. But I think, yeah, this... I do wonder what this means for Sky Moore in the long term. I, I'm not giving up on Sky Moore immediately because obviously he's still a rookie and you know he has to work away, work his way into the offense. But um, I do think long term, they see both Sky Moore and uh, Kadarius Tony as like longer term guys than Juju's on one year deal. And like you said, Craig Hardman's on the last year of his deal, so I don't think they're going to re-sign him either. This is so annoying. I'm so annoyed by all of this. It's such a I, I love it. What a savvy move by Kansas City. We were on a call when the when the move came in, the three of us, and I was like, Craig and I were so stoked. And then Danny's just brooding in the corner, just, just pissed. Brooding is the right word. That's exactly what I'm doing. All right. Well, as if this isn't scary enough. All right, let's go to the Sunday scaries. Uh just things that, you know, scaring us ahead of Sunday. So one game that I'm kind of worried about, just everybody involved in this game, basically, is the Broncos versus Jags in London. So first of all, everyone's jet lag from traveling, all that stuff. And then add into the fact that Denver is either going to be starting a really hobbled and frankly broken Russell Wilson or Brett Rippon. I actually probably prefer Brett Rippon to start this game, honestly, for fantasy purposes. Because if you look back in the, you know, obviously Wilson's been a Iron Man when it comes to playing throughout his whole career. He's only missed like three games ever or something like that, or four games. Um, but at the same time, he's not very good when he plays hurt. <laughs> like, well, here's the thing, DK, but here's the thing. You left out the, the the main line item here, which is Russell Wilson's hurt. But as it was reported, Russell Wilson worked out and stretched for four of the eight hours on the flight from Denver to <laughs> London, said he was doing high knees in the aisle when the rest of the like, guys dude, were asleep. get some rest. What uh, an asshole, honestly. <laughs> dude, you, you know how... um. Uh, PFT commenter, people will do like the fake breakouts of like yes. the athletic yeah. premium plus or whatever. And it's a joke, but a lot of people think it's real. I don't know how you can do that. How is he not getting in trouble for, for it's satire? But that's the point. I thought this was satire because I've never heard of the person who tweeted this. And I thought that this was a joke. Like I thought this was a He meme, told this to reporters. And then I couldn't I believe that Russell it was real. That, <laughs> he told us to a reporter that he was doing high knees Which on the is, aisle I think plane. the key part of this story is that he was telling everyone that he did this. It's like, dude, or his just agent, do yes, something and don't tell people about it. I <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. Like, I, I will say this. there's ob He's obviously a meme, and the Subway commercials are being memed, and him just talking about the Danger Witch and everything is just meme. I also do think it really grates on teammates at a point where... Yeah. excuses and try hardiness are being leaked out like obviously all the players in seattle that used to play with him fucking hate him which is very <laughs> clear now yeah i think that when you're losing and everyone's he the only like it's underrated how obviously every athlete wants to win super underrated how much they don't want to be embarrassed they're like almost equal and when you're supposed to be good like the broncos and your team's losing and everyone's like why do you suck and then the guy who's like leading your team just kind of keeps leaking. Oh yeah, I was injured, or like oh, I'm like the tryhardiness. I do think that eats at people, and this yeah. could get very ugly. Everyone's human. Luckily, this will be the least watched London game I think of the season because it's the morning after like Saturday Halloween. So it's, we don't have to even just acknowledge this game exists. 
One one last thing I wanted to add before we move on from this. Obviously, we talked about Denver, but the Jags going up against the Broncos defense sucks too. Like the Broncos defense is legitimately awesome. They're first in points allowed to opposing quarterbacks this year in fantasy. They're first in points allowed to posting receivers in fantasy this year. They're middle of the pack in tight versus tight ends and RB. So like I guess the one thing I could be excited about is is watching Travis Etienne. And that's about it. Oh, well, we can get to ETA in a second. One last thing yeah. on the Broncos, though. I do want to say one last, last thing. Broncos have 100 points exactly in the season. They had seven games. The Tim Tebow Broncos did that in five. <laughs> oh, God. So oh, put boy. that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay. While you mentioned ETN, though, or some of this game, I, I dude, I, I have Travis ETN for the, the debutante, which I hate that this went from like the creepiest award to now I'm doing it, but it's like, this is the breakout. Everyone's, everyone's coming around to this. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't even expect this to catch on. I thought it was like a one and done, but you guys kept adding it, it to the dock every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so obviously the Jaguars traded away James Robinson and now Travis Etienne's getting it. I got to tell you, I, I know that Etienne's good because I was talking to my mom and my mom was watching the Giants game. She's like, who is this Etienne kid? He's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And if he just learned to catch the football, I swear to God, he'd be a top five running back in the NFL period. Like it was like this three headed monster, like Brees Hall and Ken Walker, who's going to be incredible or is. And then ETN, I feel like is this third guy that's right there. Mm -hmm. He just, the giants would have lost to the Jaguars last week. If they did like a, a trick play, I don't know if you guys saw, but they threw back across the field to him. And he, it was one of those, like they created a wide open lane on a uh -huh. trick play. He just dropped the ball straight up. DK. But other than that, every time he touches the ball, he goes for a first down. How is it that this running back who is touted for his receiving ability and was a first-round pick not good at catching passes? Uh, that's a great question. He did he did catch a lot of passes in, in college, but the distinction, I think, is that he wasn't like being utilized as a pass-catching guy where he's running routes down the field, he's getting vertical. It's more like just dump-offs and stuff. Mm. Every time you see him try and catch a pass more than like three yards past the line of scrimmage, he's just alligator-arming. He's trying to like clap the ball in i don't understand i i guess obviously it's harder than it sounds but like teaching a player hands technique doesn't seem like that difficult like you like you make the diet you make the diamond with your fingers when you catch the ball yeah. you see it in like there's techniques seven i feel like i got hand technique right now if you threw me a football i feel like i know how to catch yeah it. and there's also there's like techniques based on where the ball is coming to you like how you position your hands he just doesn't seem to get that obviously you know it's motor like memory uh, whatever it's called muscle memory so like you have to you have to eventually learn that and it's going to take time but he needs to absolutely learn that stuff because his hands technique is atrocious and that's <laughs> i think the main problem um it's weird that being said i agree completely with hyphens this guy has insane juice he is like the fast like you think tony is fast watch him on the field he has incredible incredible burst every time he touches the ball every time he carries it he's like just shot out at a can out of a cannon he's so fast that's why i think he's so exciting and that's why obviously the jags we're willing to trade James Robinson. They want to make this his back. They want to make ETN's backfield here. And so I feel like he's going to get 20 touches a game and he could be a top five running back the rest of the way. I know really this is, easy. this is like a huge, huge opportunity, especially in fantasy where, you know, he could be involved in not only the ground game, but in the passing game as well. If he can, you know, get some of these dump offs and things like that, not necessarily down the field stuff. Also ETN, such a cool name, right? Do you know what ETN means? Mm, it's no. just the French word for Steven. <laughs> If his name okay. were Travis Steven, would we be as excited about him? <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. Sorry, just Steven. Yeah. He would run a slower 40 if his name was Travis Steven. <laughs> That's the thing. ETN's like, whoa, look at this guy. Travis Steven's like, Man. Yeah, but now he, but with ETN though, he's got like the, you know, e, the letter ETN. It's just cool and sounds cool and everything. It looks it cool. 
Yeah, it does. Who else we got for the debutante ball? Uh, I wanted to shout out Tony Pollard, who yeah. kind of been disappointing this year. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be more of an even split and that, you know, the analytics have been on. Tony Pollard has been like the, the apple of the analyst's eye for years <laughs> yeah. now. And it kind of hasn't come to fruition, but Zeke is now dealing with what we know is a sprained MCL and a thigh bruise. He hasn't practiced on Wednesday or today, which is Thursday. Cowboys are on a bye next week, so like trading for him might actually be easy right now. Maybe someone's willing to get rid of him. I would definitely grab Tony Pollard. Uh, I think even if Zeke plays this week, I think he's very startable. He hasn't been consistent. Like Pollard's had games where he scored one, three, and six this year. They're playing Chicago. Cowboys should run the ball a lot. This is what we've seen them do. Like they beat the Lions last week. They ran the ball a lot controlling the game, time of possession. And Pollard is clearly, we're going to talk about guys with juice today. Pollard's also got the oh, juice. Yeah. He could scoot. This could be a huge breakout game for Pollard. I'm just looking at right now through seven games, Pollard is trailing Zeke by six points in fantasy in PPR. Zeke's just getting all the goal line work and getting the yeah. touchdowns. Yes. So I'm very excited about Pollard. He uh, He's like, you know, arguably going to be an RB1 this week. Like he has that upside. He's He can be a pass catcher. He can hit the home run. Yeah. So even if Zeke plays and you're in, in like you have Tony Pollard on your team and you see that Zeke is playing, I would still start Tony Pollard for this week. Absolutely. Speaking of Cowboys Bears, though, this maybe is a Costanza, but dude, maybe possibly coming out party for Justin Fields of the Bears. Wasn't Man. that last and, week? Wouldn't you say? Well, it, that's the thing. It was last week. And again, we Costanza this again. I'm going to I think I'm leaning harder into the Costanza than ever, because last week I was like, well, every instinct I have is that the Patriots will crush the Bears. And so Justin Fields, good week. And it was. And I'm not saying Chicago's going to beat Dallas. I guess I'm saying this. It's like last week against the Patriots, they gave Justin Fields 11 design runs. That is like more than double than he'd gotten in any game this season. I don't know what took the Bears so long to be like, maybe we should design runs for Justin Fields, who's like a cyborg of a person. This is but We're here, which is what matters. And I think he's so frustrated at the I just, staff. What what took so long? Why I don't know. Why was, what happened here? What is the fucking disconnect? I don't understand this. It's he's so like it's six, like getting three, a Maserati. Two hundred and thirty pounds. He can run like a four four. And they're like, oh, you know what would be a good idea if we fucking run him some? Like no shit, you idiots. I don't understand this. It just bothers me so it's, much. And they traded up to get him. It's like with the Giants. It's and the Giants could get Tony, but it's like getting a Bugatti and sitting in the right lane behind all these trucks. And then you're like, you know, we could get in the left lane and like pass these cars. They talk, and, and, they, and they after got. the game, Fields talked about how they stole some plays from from the Ravens, and it was really working for them. <laughs> it, it helps them move the chains, <laughs> it creates explosive plays. Again, it's just like no shit. You know no how shit. This is, what the fuck? This is like my <laughs> musical tastes, where I'm like, have you guys heard of this Stan Getz guy? And he's like, yeah. What took you so long? It's like the Bears just discovering the Ravens playbook. I think it's I, I think but this really. is like a great example of something that happens a ton in the NFL where it's coaches come in and they want to run their stuff. You know, yeah. they, they they believe in their scheme over specific players and tailoring things to specific players. They think their scheme is going to win out in the end. It's going to give them the best chance to win. Obviously, they're not. Well, I, I can't say they're not idiots, but they see they're probably not idiots. They want to win football games, right? I can't say they're so not they idiots. think this is the best way to do it. And you know, again, like obviously the long term play here is like Justin Fields is going to have to eventually develop into a pocket passer or, or at least someone that can go through his reads and things of that nature. Obviously, he's still very much struggling in that area. Um, 
So I guess maybe it's like they were worried he's going to just fall back on this too much. But I mean, look at the success that uh, Jalen Hurts is having, for instance, with, you know, he's been one of the highest volume runners at quarterback in the NFL, and he's still developing as a passer. But guess what? He's improving because he's out there making plays. He's getting confident. The guys around him are more confident. They're making explosive plays on the ground. I don't know, man. It's just, this is one of the, this is like a perfect example of like, I don't understand what coaches are thinking sometimes. So to your point, I, I get, I'm not saying the Bears are going to beat the Cowboys. I'm not saying Justin Fields will definitely have a great game. What I'm saying is he had 24 points last week, give or take. He had like 18 the week before that. And now he's running more. What I'm saying is if Justin Fields puts up like 20 plus points this week against Dallas and the Dallas defense, there's not reason to think he can't do it against anyone. And what I'm saying is yeah. if now this, again, six foot four, 230-ish, 40-ish pound cyborg is going to now run like 12 times a game. I think that Justin Fields might be a top 10, top 12 quarterback the rest of the season. Yeah. I know we literally just did the power hour, but I'm just thinking about this more. It's like, if he does it, this, I'm not, no, here's the thing. I'm not saying he will. Like, if he doesn't, it's still a volatile guy. But if he does have a good game against the Bears, uh, sorry, if he does look against the Cowboys, why would you be afraid of any other defense? That's kind of what I'm saying. You know what's kind of crazy about this too, Heifetz? And there's more meat on the bone than you might even realize. He had 10 design rushes last week and only one scramble. I'm looking at some of his yeah. past games from basically his entire career. He averages like four or five scrambles a game. So at, tack that on to like the design rushes and he could pick up like 60, 70, 80, 50, like 90 yards in this game on the ground. That also opens up the passing game, I feel like. The more you design runs, the more the defense has to think about that, which opens yeah. up a lot yeah. more. Wow, yeah. I the bear, Bears are in the cutting edge here. Have we talked about a team more that is worse than the Bears this year? <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, yeah. I just rooted for the Giants for like the last five years. We've done so much Bears content this year, I feel like. His his previous career high in designed runs in any game is four. Wow. That's funny. I, I, I don't know. Uh well, while we're talking about why the Bears are doing things. Wait, did we have another debutante? Any I have one more. Parties? This is okay. this is in the same vein. It's maybe more of a Costanza, but because of what PJ Walker has done previous to last week, but maybe PJ Walker this week. <laughs> what do we think? This wow, Costanza coming out party for PJ for Phil. Yeah, for Phil, Phil Walker. Walker. Uh, he looked great last week against the Bucks. He made some legitimately very nice throws. It wasn't just like you know a, a couple plays here and there. He scraped by on the skin of his by the skin of his teeth or whatever. He looked looked legit, really good. He had five completions of twenty plus yards on just twenty two attempts, which was third most among all quarterbacks. Like for instance, Joe Burrow threw the ball forty two times last week. He beat him in terms of he only did that because I said he wouldn't do that though. <laughs> um, if I had said nothing, he would have had a terrible game. But in addition to the fact that he looked really good last week, I think more realistically, I'm excited about this matchup where he gets against the Falcons who are extremely banged up on defense and is already giving up the third most points to opposing quarterbacks this year. So with a really banged up secondary and PJ Walker playing with a little more confidence, getting DJ more and more involved, there might be a little bit of a uh, Ewing theory thing going on with uh, Robbie Anderson not in town anymore. Uh, I think you mean Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I don't think... <laughs> Was that I'm, a bit, not, I'm, I'm not going to say they're better without Christian McCaffrey. I don't think that's the case. But, but that's Robbie the Anderson. Ewing theory. It's the entire point of the Ewing theory. Okay, I, I'm just saying, some addition by subtraction, sorry for using the Ewing theory incorrectly, according to your terms. Well, it's according to Bill Simmons' terms, really. <laughs> just like, he has to be the best player on the team. It's the rule. I mean, R Robbie Anderson was clearly the best player, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, anyway... 
I'm somewhat morbidly intrigued with PJ Walker this weekend. Morbidly Morbid, intrigued. That should be a category. Morbid <laughs> intrigue. There we, we go. Should do that. Oh my god. It's like if someone's like, "Hey, there might be a really bad train crash at 4 p.m. today on TV." I'd be like, "What channel?" Well, I might put that on. What channel? Yo, this is when I moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> this is like the number one thing. I always, I never got why people watched car car chases on the cops like live what have you ever seen an action movie that what are you talking about i don't know but like they don't i don't know they don't happen as much and then i moved to los angeles and they happen like relatively a lot in la more than anywhere else i've lived and i was always like why and then you put it on you're like oh he's trying to like escape society like you're trying to leave this the whole thing he's trying to run what are you talking about? I think you're reading way too far into it. It's like Fast and Furious <laughs> in real crazy. life. It's a, it's cops chasing a dude on the freeway. I know. I just, I feel like, I, I don't know. I feel like until I moved to LA, like they're on, they're, it, you see it more in LA. Like it happens more. You see the helicopters flying. You're like, oh, no, just me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he's going with this one. DK, have you ever <laughs> watched a live car chase though? I don't know where you're at with this. Somebody trying to escape society. Dude, it's, it's like, like a I just... higher level thing. Uh, I watched the I OJ know. chase. I think that's the only one I ever watched. I <laughs> that was see... before Craig and I were like born, so that one doesn't yeah. count. I, I definitely watched that. It was a slow, it was a slow race though, or slow. That's chase, my I point say. though. I'd ne I never watched one in the moment. So this is conversation's gone on too long. I'm just canceling myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's Pro move on. What, what do we got? Probably un probably unanswerable question. <laughs> is Hyvitz an alien? That was weird. I'm now I'm confused. <laughs> He's like, these car chases are interesting. I'm like, did you just download that file into your brain? It's like a metaphor for the well, pandemic no, and like... people trying to get away from society. <laughs> like, what are you you know? Yeah, dude, car chases are, are fascinating. I don't fucking sure. know, man. Uh, an answerable question of the week, other than my very answerable question right there. But this could also be morbid curiosity, which is what what do we do with the cults? Yeah. Just what do we do, DK? What what? What, so what's going on? let's recap the Colts offense this year. I, I don't know if people realize it, but they are first in pass completions per game this season. They they've passed an incredible, incredible amount of times uh, for what they I think what people expected them to be like a run heavy team under, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor. They were first in pass has been, good. Well, that too. Taylor also has been hurt. He missed two, two and a half games. Yeah. And I think this is. Largely due to the fact, like, Matt Ryan's had a couple of ex extremely high-volume passing games this season. Um, but at the end of the day, like, this passing volume, I think, is going to evaporate. It's very similar, in my mind, to what happened to the Jets' offense when they went from Flacco back to Zach Wilson. Like, you're not going to see Sam Ellinger pass 50 times a game, I would guess. I don't think that's how they want to play it, certainly. Um, because he's more of a... I mean, he, coming out of, like, high school, he's a dual threat quarterback. He has a little bit of mobility. They're probably going to incorporate him into the run game. It's going to look closer to what they're what the the Bears are doing with Justin Fields than, you know, what the Colts have been doing with Matt Ryan. So I I am very worried about just the pass volume, the overall number of throws that are going to happen, and that's obviously not good for Michael Pittman. It's not good for Paris Campbell who's been coming on really strong lately. Um and so I don't know. I just, I don't know what to make of this. I do think it is really good for Jonathan Taylor though. I think you're exactly right because when the Jets went from Joe Flacco to Zach Wilson, fundamentally, Joe Flacco was staying in the pocket and checking down, and Matt Ryan was staying in the pocket and really turning the ball over or checking down. And just yeah. Sam Ellinger is going to scramble and he's going to run. And it's just, again, Paris Campbell maybe would have been an ad if Matt Ryan had stayed healthy, but or Slash is getting benched, even though he's hurt. But when he's healthy, he'll be benched. I don't know. But whatever's happening, 
Paris Campbell as an ad was irrelevant. You still have to play Michael Pittman, but I think this is probably really bad for Michael Pittman. I don't think Paris Campbell, I wouldn't completely eliminate him from consideration. I probably would not play him this week, but the idea that he could be the checkdown option is sort of intriguing. If, if Ellinger decides to just like dink and dunk down the field, what were you going to say, Craig? I just, I just, it's probably only Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. Are the only people you can start this week for the Colts. How, how often this, I, I wish, I wish we could track this. We should like go back and look how many times when an owner more or less gives an what sounds like perhaps an ultimatum of sorts to the GM and the coach and being like, start winning or I'm going to like, I'm just so pissed, like make a change. And either for whatever they met with Jim or and then they benched Matt Ryan. How often do we go from that to like a happy place for the team? That's a good question. Can you remember exact examples? I'm, I'm coming up blank with other examples if that's where that's happened. I can't think of it off the top of my head. If anyone can think of examples of this, email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have an example of an owner kind of coming down from the top rope and being like, do this. Like mid-season. There's a lot of stuff in the offseason, but like mid-season being like, change things. And then it like works. I don't know. It's always usually bad. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need, at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. Other quarterbacks, so Matt Ryan got benched. Now the Saints, similar situations where with Matt Ryan, they're like, his shoulder's not healthy, but when he is healthy, he's still on the bench. And the Saints with Jameis, they were like, Andy Dalton's playing for Jameis, and they're like, Andy Dalton's still going to play. Jameis is healthy, though, but, like, he's not good enough to play anymore. And so the, they've both just done the same thing. And I'm like, Craig, you, you seemed very upset that Jameis wasn't playing over Andy Dalton. Yeah, when I first heard about it, I was like, why are, why are they playing Andy Dalton <laughs> over Jameis Winston? Not, I mean, Jameis Winston isn't Joe Montana, but I'm like, what are we doing here? We, I thought we kind of we had an understanding about this situation. And so I kind of dug into it a little bit more. I mean, Dalton obviously just came off two pick sixes against the Cardinals. One, I guess, wasn't his fault. But unfortunately, fellas, after diving into the data, <laughs> at least this season, it does seem as though Andy Dalton is better for the Saints than James Winston. <laughs> and I hate when the data wow. disproves my point and... and subverts my opinion but yeah i james james basically he is who you think he is he has like more passing yards than dalton he throws to wide receivers way more than dalton he's way more air yards than dalton mm -hmm. but like that's kind of it and when you actually go to dalton he's got like better touchdown pick ratio higher epa per drop back better passer rating you know more compl like higher completion percentage more on target throws like he's just he's just playing smarter and james is just winging it yeah but to for me and and how I want to envision the Saints, and for the and for fantasy purposes, I still want Jameis, and I still think ceiling wise, you're not going to the playoffs with Andy Dalton. To me, you could go to the playoffs with Jameis. So I don't really get it. I actually prefer I prefer Dalton in this case. Uh, Here's why: first of all, he's better. I think he's probably better off 
he, he makes Kamara better because he's willing to check it down. Are you talking about the Saints or fantasy, DK? I'm talking about fantasy. I'd rather for like my for fantasy purposes, I prefer to have Dalton play because he's going to make Kamara more relevant, in my opinion. Yeah, because he's willing to check down and, and That's it, just though. take the easy dump off. But also, he's been force feeding Olave, so I think he keeps Olave. Well, there's going. no one else there, though. Well, I that's mean, fine, and that's great. Like honestly, like both these guys are very usable, have high ceilings now, and Dalton can just keep doing his thing. Like to me, I don't see an upside for seeing Winston come back because it takes Kamara off the table a little bit. Just for fantasy, yes. But what do you think the real Saints should do? Well, I think they're probably making the right choice based on everything that Craig said. <laughs> With like, I love that Craig, we should make know, that efficiency. a segment too. Just like I looked at the facts and changed my mind. Well, well don't you guys? Don't you guys build it? That's rare you these can days. Still take stats and and help them help your argument or whatever. You can build. You can craft an argument based on stats any way you want. Like you know I, what I mean? struggled. I struggled <laughs> with Jameis. You know, I, I know. I I think Dalton. I think the Saints are actually better with Andy Dalton. Just don't throw two pick sixes and you'll be okay. I mean, what are they, one in three with Dalton? It's not like they're, but I don't well, know. Well, how about this? Maybe the Saints aren't that great. I mean, they're kind of hurt. They're, they're injured. They have a lot of injuries. They don't have a lot of depth because they continue to trade into the first round, trade up in the first Michael round. Michael Thomas has just, I don't know. I don't Ghost, know what's going on with Michael Thomas. Us. I told he you guys this was going to happen. I, I warned you. Why have they not put Michael Thomas on IR? He hasn't practiced since week three. Dude, Michael Thomas is my version of Kadarius. What's he Tony. doing? Well, he must have exacerbated the injury. I think he exacerbated the injury. Why wasn't that reported? They, What's going on? If they known, if they knew it was a month at the time, they would have put him on IR. But obviously, they did not think it would be a month. I think it was turf toe or it was some toe injury. Yeah, in the it's a toe injury. And I gotta just, say, we always sit. I know that toes are important to like athletes, and like turf toe is a big deal, and like it's actually it, you can't kind of cannot run with your. However. When you have a fantasy guy, it always feels annoying when the guy's a toe injury. I'm not saying it should, but it does feel annoying. I always got annoyed in fantasy baseball when a guy on your team like pulls something running to first base, and I'm like, God, dude, really? <laughs> like, how far is it? Like 70 feet? Like, come on. Yeah. I'm not saying you should judge people for that. I'm saying in my horrible lizard brain self, I'm like, man, so every part of him is okay except for the toe? DK's just quiet. I have bad news. Jamar Chase out four to six weeks with an injured hip. Oh, for oh crying my out loud. No. So according to Adam Schefter, Jamar Chase is dealing with a hip injury that is expected to sideline him four to six weeks, makes him a prime candidate for injured reserve. Man, that sucks. Wow. So T. Higgins to the moon. And then, I don't know, I guess this is good for Hayden Hurst probably. Obviously, Tyler Boyd, a big one. Man, that's terrible. That sucks for the Bengals too, obviously. Wow, that's huge. Sucks for me personally. Wow, that's tough. I feel like a like a nervous Jewish mother right now. I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. Get your hip better, right. Jamar. Fantasy is the most disgusting thing you could ever play because the second that happened, I was like, I have Tyler Boyd in my dynasty league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So, you see a hip? I get that. Four to six weeks at a hip. That totally, you know. That's I also, painful. you know what? I respect the Bengals for for it telling us it's four to six weeks. Meanwhile, the Saints, yeah, no idea, stringing us along. Yeah, yeah, that's like, yeah, Boyd. Yeah, well, God, I hate this. Why do we do this? All right, <laughs> that's such a downer. Yeah, sorry. All right, we can talk about something either happy or sad, depending how you look at it. Uh, the Giants and the player Seahawks are playing this week. This should be fun. Uh, this is crazy. So, the Giants are six and one. 
And the Seahawks are in first place in the NFC West. Look at us, DK. <laughs> Who would have thought? thought? <laughs> not me. Not uh, me. I really would not have thought, honestly. No, 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 definitely not. I I am curious, though, because the Seahawks have been playing better defense the last couple of weeks. Obviously, they played well against the Cardinals. Then they played well against the Chargers last week. Their defense is seemingly starting to figure out a li- figure it out a little bit. I'm not saying that they're like elite or good even, but like it it will be interesting to see if the Giants completely go off on them or if the Seahawks continue to play kind of like more discipline, more like just better ball. Like they've just been giving up so many explosive plays better in the past. Ball. And that just hasn't happened over the last couple of weeks as much. So uh, I definitely am interested to see how this goes. And I think this will be a good litmus test because the Giants, you know, obviously they have Saquon, but at the receiver position, like they're still very thin. So well, I was gonna ask, obviously, with the Seahawks defense. Not being great. Hyphens, do you think this is the week where you can start a Giants wide receiver with any semblance of confidence? No, because the Seahawks <laughs> actually no, no. The Seahawks actually have really good cornerbacks. Uh, but the joke's on them because our receivers suck. So you shouldn't have those. It's like bringing up I, I don't have the analogy. I'd, start, is, I, I'd be willing to start Wandale and Deep Leagues. You can yeah, it is super deep league, but yeah. uh, unless you're like racked by buys, like you can play Wandale, but I'm not sitting here like the Seahawks actually don't give up that many fantasy points to receivers. What really happens is these two teams both have good running games and terrible run defenses. And so I think that what happens here mm-hmm. is that like they both the Giants and the Seahawks are top five in getting 10 yard runs or more like chunk first down runs of 10 plus yards. And they're also their defenses are like bottom five and allowing those like these. These are both kind of like low key. The Giants are the defense that made Kenyon Drake look solid. And then the Seahawks are the defense that just gives up these like seven, eight yard chunks over and over on on, on the ground. The difference in the game to me is that. Low key, you could convince me that Gino is the second best quarterback the Giants have faced this year based on how they're playing this year like obviously the Giants have faced Aaron Rodgers and Lamar and in a vacuum those guys are better but in terms of the actual offense operating I kind of think that this is the week like Gino's going to connect with Tyler Lockett if DK Metcalf were playing in this game I kind of think the Giants might lose by like 20 points but I still think even with Metcalf out that it's just like two teams they're going to be able to run but the Seahawks can pass at a higher clip and the Giants have been kind of buttering their bread by other quarterbacks just making mistakes and i kind of don't think gino's gonna do that man don't give me hope i feel like you're trying to reverse jinx it but you're making some good points it's in seattle i've been doing that every week it's working every Um, week (laughs) i don't know i actually think this is gonna be a fun game um it's also weird because you're right hyphens they don't give up a lot of points to wide receivers seattle but they give up the most points in fantasy football to tight ends and the 10th yeah, most bizarre. to quarterbacks. But of course, Daniel Bellinger is probably not going to play this week for the Giants. <laughs> eye. So the tight end is Chris Myarek. Myarek. Tanner Hudson, maybe? Ah, I don't know. They have Madden generated tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just get him Jack Stoll. No, yeah. So I think that the Seahawks win. But yeah, this is a real test of whether the Seahawks. But I think it, uh, Saquon, obviously, big game. But we'll see. Uh, other Mario Kart rainbow strip potential? As always, the Lions. Dude, the Lions defense, I know it's bad and you know it's bad, but just to just wanted to note this. Shout out Mike Clay at ESPN who found this. Tyreek Hill is the highest graded wide receiver on Pro Football Focus, and <laughs> he will often in this game be matched up against, I can't pronounce his name, but Amani Araw, I, I can't pronounce it, Amani O. He was the lowest graded cornerback on PFF, so it's literally the highest graded receiver in the season against like the lowest graded cornerback. 
on Pro Football Focus. Oruwarie? Oruwarie. Is that it? Oruwarie? Amani Oruwarie. Sorry. He's not had a good season. Um, (laughs) Like, Jeff Okuda hasn't been playing as well the last couple weeks. (laughs) And their their slot their slot quarterback is also like was on their practice squad for Detroit a few weeks ago. Like Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Yeah, but you know that's not exactly newsworthy. Saying start Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Do you like I, the Miami's offense is pr- pretty funneled to those guys and Raheem Mostert? Do you like? Is this a week where you're starting Mike Gesicki? Is there anybody else? Yeah, you could do Gesicki. You could do most. Yeah, no. I, I really, I think the answer is Tua. I think that Tua is the quarterback that. Usually it's like, oh, should I play two or Derek Carr? Someone asked us this week, should we play two or Lamar Jackson? And I was like, Lamar Jackson. I was like, but if two outscored Lamar this week, I wouldn't be stunned. I'll put it that way. It's not as crazy as a question. I think that's really, it's like Tua is really high for me this week. Yeah, I agree. Good. Craig, to answer your question about Gusecki. So the last two weeks, he has run 68 routes, which is really good. He's 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 run a route on 73% of the team's dropbacks, which is way way higher than what he was getting early in the season. So it does feel like they're starting to incorporate him into their offense and, and be like a major part of that. Instead of having just Waddle and Hill, it's now he's kind of like the third guy in this offense. And he scored, he's averaging 15.3 PPR points. Half, and obviously he had a huge game two weeks ago and then an okay game last week. But um, yeah, it does feel like he's starting to be a bigger part of that offense. All right. Kombucha Girl Player of the Week, again, for the... You feel one way, you feel the other. You're like, ah, I, do I? Do I feel this way? Do I not? I don't know. Craig, who's your kombucha girl player of the week? Rams offense playing the Niners. <laughs> I'm kind of, I've, if anybody listened to the Wednesday show, I've put a lot of my capital and a lot of my reputation on the Rams <laughs> having a strong second half of the season. Uh, the Rams have not been great against Shanahan. McVay versus Shanahan. Shanahan wins every time except that one playoff game and the Rams won a Super Bowl. So, all in all, I'd still rather be McVay. However, other than Cooper Cup, it's been pretty bad across the board. And the Niners' D has been very elite. However, as of late, the Niners are really hurt. Eric Armstead's been out. A lot of guys are out. And, and the Niners have actually been pretty vulnerable. You know, they've been bad on the ground. So I kind of think Daryl Henderson, secretly, playable this week. They haven't been pressuring the quarterback that much. Only three sacks in the last two games. Um I, I just can't believe Jimmy Garoppolo is favored on the road against Matt Stafford and McVay. He's fa- the Niners are favored in this game, and they're super banged up. Debo has not been practicing this yeah. week. Might not play. So th- th- I'm I'm drinking the kombucha right now. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm going to bet the Rams, though. I can't believe they're getting points at home against Jimmy G. You might as well double down. They're coming out of a bye. Yeah. It, it's kind of embarrassing if they can't beat them coming out of a bye. I don't blame you. My kombucha girl player of the week I actually have two. One, it's just this, all the Steelers receivers because yeah. the Steelers are playing the Eagles. And my first reaction is like, oh my God, this is a bloodbath. I can't play Steelers receivers against the Eagles. And I'm like, what? well, can he pick it? He gives him the chance, gives him the ball. And also Deontay Johnson is fourth in targets, but he's 41st in receiving yards. And I'm like, well, I can't bench Deontay Johnson. And I'm like, can I? Why not? Why can't I bench Deontay Johnson? Deontay's last in yards per target in the league. Oh my God. It's, it's ridiculous. I know. So the, I just keep, and then same, and I'm like, is Deontay Johnson even the number one receiver on this team anymore? Is Pickens just past him and, and everything except I, I, everything about this? I just keep thinking if I bench these Steelers receivers and they have a good game, I'll feel like an idiot. And if I play them and they do poorly, I'll feel like an idiot. 
Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have two good outside corners, right? They have Slay and Bradbury. Exactly. So theoretically, Claypool's the guy who could have a game today. I think Deontay has the lowest ceiling of any of the players getting like a lot of targets in the league. I just keep thinking about benching the guy who's fourth in targets. Literally, the, the targets in the NFL right now, it's Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Deontay Johnson. But I'm like, <laughs> do I need to play him? Do I need to play him? I don't know. Yeah, he gets 11 targets a game. He catches five of them for like 40 yards. Pickens to me, Pickens, I feel like you got to do it. He's like 80, 80 yards or a touchdown every week the last four weeks. He's been good. And Pickett <sighs> clearly has a relationship with him. Uh, Deontay, dude, I totally get it. Heifetz. That's, that's crazy that he's fourth in targets and you're considering <laughs> benching him. Uh, I'm also kombucha girl on the Packers just versus the Bills in general because I'm like, Packers, 11-point underdogs. And I'm like, ah, Rodgers, come on, 11 points. I'm like, no, yeah, they're going to lose by 11, aren't they? Are the Packers going to trade for a wide receiver? Can they trade for like Jerry Judy or something, please? The, the report was they were looking to trade for A.J. Green, which, Jesus, Oh, God. It's like the, <laughs> it's a terrible idea, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I don't think you should do that. I've written there's that like right. a million, There's a fucking million receivers on earth. Just why would you trade for AJ Green at this point? It's not going to help. Let's do a couple of emails. Yeah. Uh, I also have to do a, a, a long-standing correction here from our uh, our waiver wire show. I had possibly more feedback on this moment than anything I've ever said on the show. I guess barring like Mike Davis for like a single mistake. <laughs> and I got to tell you, it's maybe the dumbest thing I've ever said. Uh, we were doing zip codes and the question was how many zip codes are there? And I was like, well, there's five digits. So it's got to be like, you know, 10,000 because it's a five digit number. Right. That's not the highest five digit number possible. No, it's <laughs> what I meant was a hundred thousand. <laughs> yes. And that's we always, I kept like you kept saying it. I'm like, well, it's forty thousand, and that's still five digits. Like it's hundred thousand. And like we didn't anyway, call you on it though. Our running bit is like like if when you the, the closest you get to feeling like a ghost is when you're listening to a podcast and people are wrong and want an answer and you're yelling it and yeah. they can't hear you. And I we got more ghosts emailing me of just like a hundred thousand, you idiot, than anything. So sorry about that. <laughs> you know what though, Hyvitz? Here's what I'll say. We could have cut that. <laughs> We could have re-recorded that. We didn't. It, there, we are the most vulnerable people on this podcast network at The Ringer doing Showdown Time every Monday. It is so hard to just get the most random un, They're unanswerable. Questions. They're unanswerable. The most random, obscure questions you can imagine, and we have 10 seconds to answer, and thousands of people will hear us. I'll say this. Yes. Uh, Should I know how many zip codes there are? No. Should I have known that, well, a five-digit number, I'll pick, obviously, that means there's a hundred thousand, like ninety nine thousand nine nine nine, instead of ten thousand. Yeah, I shouldn't. Probably shouldn't do that. I tell this to my girlfriend. I could like follow your logic, but yeah, you you missed a step there. Well, there was like, you know what hurt was I said this to my girlfriend, <laughs> and as I laid it out, and I said ten thousand, she just looked at me like I was a moron, like immediately, and I was like, man. That's when it's tough when you like you, you try to validate yourself by going to somebody and being like, you yeah. understand what I mean, right? And they're immediately like, no, no. Did you say that out loud? Oh, my God. Um, anyway, yeah, glad everyone takes our advice, even though we're dumb. Uh, speaking of me being dumb, got a great email from Mike on dudes being dumb. Nice. The endlessly running thing of just men doing things that women would never think of. Mike says, in college, we had a house rule. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Well, I was going to say, to be clear, men, women would never think of it because they're too smart. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be clear. <laughs> like, None of these things. It's like positive. Yes. No, okay. it's, it's like things that. They have lives. Um, yeah, and culture. Yes. Mike said, in college, we had a house rule. If there was a hole in your pants or jeans at any time, or shirt too, oh God, clothing, 
uh, we could put our finger into the hole and rip it all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, man. And so the best one was someone did this to someone at the beginning of a 45-minute subway ride in New York City. Just, Just no pants? shirt, ripped down to the bottom. Oh, God. Boys never really leave that, like, seven-year-old frame of mind do they no I mean, and, you, and micro getting pantsed getting pantsed was a thing like people just yeah. pull down your pants micro that girls <laughs> never terrible. thought this was funny and would never have come up with this in 10,000 years we thought it was funny every time men are dumb yeah that's correct men just love hurting one another we'll never stop liking that remember god there were so many things yeah pantsing people remember table topping table you guys topping. Ever do that? i hated What's table, table topping, topping? It's it's when uh, you walk up to somebody and distract them, and while you're distracting them, a second person runs up behind them and gets on their hands and knees oh, and yeah, you push yeah, yeah. them so they topple over the back. We did that yeah. uh, in my high school <laughs> like for whatever reason. For our, our friend group got really into running up behind people and slamming your hands down on their shoulders, just like really oh. hard, <laughs> just like just wham, and like everybody around would like cheer and clap and stuff and the person who got hit would just be like oh my god my shoulders and it was just like that was what our class did for why like are we two like years <laughs> i mean we'd be like seth rogan like death from above yeah. like in in you know pineapple express where you just come and just like slam hands down on the shoulders dude guys usually just play a game called like dead arm where you just <laughs> yeah. punch each other in the arm <laughs> until one of them goes dead <laughs> Or you get one shot each to so give one get another a dead damage. arm. Yeah. What are we doing? Oh, God. Um, we used to play a game. It was like, like jousting. We would just ride. This is when I was like 10. We would ride our bikes at each other and just play, <laughs> essentially play chicken. Whoever turns first wins or loses. And sometimes you just like literally run into each other head on. That was that was at the time when parental <laughs> supervision was just non-existent. Yeah, we were definitely not. We were just like, dude, in the street. How far has culture come from, like, I always hear those, like, stories or just, like, anything that takes place in, like, the 50s or 60s. And it's just, like, kids roaming about and, like, dogs not on leashes just running around and they'll come home for dinner. <laughs> Dude, I got to say, even in, the, like, early 2000s, social media has really changed everything, giving your little kid a phone. Even in the early 2000s, I remember every summer, I used to just, like, leave the house at 9, 10 in the morning and just go run around with my friends until dark. And my my parents, could, they didn't know where I was. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Dude, that's the same deal. I would just like, and I, I would honestly come back at like two in the morning. Like my parents would have gone to sleep before I'd I be came like home. bruised, smelly, <laughs> dirty. I, no I was like in a creek playing wiffle ball on bikes. It's like cats. Like you just let them out and hopefully they'll come back, you know? Yeah. Sometimes they just find new houses and just live there. Yeah, you assume that somebody else's parents fed you. <laughs> you know, oh, he must have gone to somebody else's house for dinner. Had some mac and cheese or a hot dog. I love that you guys. You guys never grew up in a in a world where you'd you'd have to call someone's house and ask for someone and, and, and like see if they're there. Like in you the guys beginning, yeah, we did a little bit. Phased uh, out okay, very like quickly. When you're five, who are you calling? You didn't know anyone. When you're five years old. No, but like if I wanted to go <laughs> hang out with a friend when I was seven, my mom would call yeah. the home phone of the other moms. Late elementary, <laughs> early middle. Okay. Yeah. That's when okay. the phones came in. That's fair. I didn't have a phone until middle school. Yeah. The Razor. Oh, my God. I had a, uh, a, a Rumor, LG Rumor. I don't even know what that is. Great phone. I want to shout out, what is the name of this website? There's an incredible website that tracks extinct sounds, and it just <laughs> sounds that are going out of oh, i think it's yeah i think this is it save the sounds dot info dot info and it is just 
all these sounds that have gone away. So like it's among the sound of a razor snapping. It's like how AOL instant messenger sounded when you signed on mm. uh, the sound of like the original windows typewriters uh, like Nokia, like snake on Nokia, like all these different sounds mm. and the razor snapping shuts on there. Like a home phone number or a home phone sound. Oh, I remember these Craig. Yeah. Great phone. They like rotated like cir- circular, right? No, no. It just went up and down horizontally. The LG rumor. Well, there were some that like spun. And yes, opened. that was the sidekick. I think you're thinking. Oh, of. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, the spins were great. Oh yeah, I loved the LG wow. rumor. I missed the full keyboard. I understand the BlackBerry yeah. appeal. I really do. I had a BlackBerry for a long time. Yeah, dude my uh, my fiance's uh, little brother's in college, mm-hmm. and he wanted to buy a keyboard to like use for his monitor, and he went out and bought like a like a 1996, one of those like really clickety clackety thick ass keyboards. <laughs> yeah. And he loves it. And he's clickety, like, it's so clackety. satisfying <laughs> to type on it. I totally get it. I don't know it's why a, we're making buttons so thin now. I like the big clackety one. He has a yeah. clackety keyboard in college? Yeah. Does he have a roommate? I don't know. I mean, whatever. His roommate's going to go to sleep and he's just like clacking away? These kids, they don't sleep. I don't know what to tell you. They're on Adderall all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i used one of those at the writer office for like two days and someone turned to me and was like i'm gonna kill you <laughs> I, can that. That thing. I can see yeah, that's that like too. the most accurate thing i've ever heard in my life um all right well speaking that, uh, of words oh. I, I was thinking how craig used the word clickety clackety and i'm like that I, that is 100 i understand exactly what you're talking about we got uh, an email yes craig, do you want to take this one yeah, so I had talked about how everybody misuses the word peruse because it means to like examine something carefully or thoroughly. This was weeks ago we were talking about this, yeah. Yeah, and we got an email from Mr. Bell and they said, uh, turns out peruse is a contronym, uh, meaning it has multiple definitions that contradict one another. So if, cool. if you actually, if you go to Merriam-Webster or dictionary.com, literally the top two definitions, the top definition of peruse, to read through with thoroughness or care. The second definition is to browse or scan. <laughs> cool language you got there. What, what are, the we fuck are we doing? Are we doing? That's that's like the word literal. <laughs> literal now has the opposite thing in the in the in the def. If think if you look it up on Merriam-Webster for literal, it will be the same thing. It's even worse. So I read the, I just read the dictionary.com definition. The Merriam-Webster definition. There's two. To read in a very careful way, to read in an informal or relaxed way. What are we doing here? Fucking choose one. We get the <laughs> We need law and order here. This is ridiculous. Words should mean things. There's a couple other, there's like a bunch of contronyms. Some funny ones are like, the word transparent could mean like obvious, but also invisible. <laughs> uh, here's well, a couple no, others. No, that makes sense because transparent. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because the like water is transparent. being transparent with the way that they donate their money or whatever. Yeah. Uh, here's oh, a couple others that I thought were funny. Uh, fine which can mean excellent or acceptable. Like either no, one. Like no, no. Craig says, that's fine. That's <laughs> accurate. Fine. That's the, that one is spiritually so true. What are you talking about? There, it means two different things. I know, but the word fine does mean two different things. Peruse is confusing. Fine, it's like someone says fine, you're like, oh my God, this could mean so many things. If someone just sends you a text, fine, period. Are you talking about like context? You're talking about context clues. Okay. Fine has evolved in our culture over the years. Is there a worse text you can get from a significant other than fine, period? K. K with no K, period. Yeah. Actually, what's worse? K with a period? 
K with a period is probably the lowest of lows. Dude, anything with a period. If you end any <laughs> sentence over text with a period, it's a problem. Huge problem. Oh, my God. Uh, here's another one. Buckle, which means either to connect or to break or collapse. <laughs> what about sanction? Sanction means to approve or to boycott. <laughs> you can just do both, fucking, I guess. What language? This is the I stupidest fucking this, language. But it's like... Right. I never thought of that. Like before. you impose like, sanctions, but you also sanction things. I don't I never thought of that. English is a very complicated language. My mom was my mom used to tutor some native Russian speakers on how to speak English. And she was I was I was looking over like her course material and like she was t t trying to teach them different um you know conjugations and things of that nature. There's a, there's a million irregular conjugations in the English language. It's like you just have to memorize the fucking words. Like you can't there's no rules with anything. And she was just like, I was looking through her thing and I'm like, this has got to be the hardest language in the world to fucking learn. And everybody has to learn it. It sucks for them. I love just an English teacher just being like, just, just memorize the fucking words, kids. That's it. Just <laughs> memorize it. I will say, I, I want to say it's not the hardest language to learn, but it's fucking annoying. That's for sure. Feels the most random. Yeah. Like this pod. Much like the final 10 minutes of every episode of this podcast. Here we go. Perfect. Yes. All right. Well, on that note, thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. I, I sanction this pod. I sanction this. I don't know. You impose sanctions on Kadarius Tony, but we sanction Kadarius Tony on yeah, the cheese. This episode was fine, right? <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you. In excess. In what? I don't know them. <laughs> In, excess. In excess? The I-N-X-S. In excess. I-N-X-S. You're going you're gonna to recognize it when you... Pull up the first in excess song. Uh, Never tear us apart. Need you tonight. Well, how's that go? Dun, dun. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah, that song feels eighties as hell. Are they an eighties band? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. They may. They could have started a little earlier, but they were definitely famous in the eighties. Dua Lipa uh, didn't steal anything from them, right? Because when you just would Craig did his, I was like, oh, Dua Lipa. I should have stayed at, at home. home. If I knew better, better alone. Honestly, maybe we're onto something. <laughs> Can you imagine if we start another lawsuit? <laughs> it's called sampling, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. When you Not if you don't give them. credit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, yo. Uh, Mariah Carey, we're still waiting. <laughs> Mariah, we got to get Mariah into fantasy football. That feels extremely hard. You think? I don't know if that's up her alley. I can't imagine she's focused on on the Sunday slate in the fall. <laughs> oh my God! It does. The break my heart does sample that song. Oh shit! It oh, does. Wait. That is sampling that song. Wasn't that obvious? I I I, I mean, I got it immediately. I didn't know that they sampled the song. Hmm. You just organically wow. figured it out. All right. I'm so thrilled. Wow. Cool. Oh, wow. That was my first Proud pandemic song. Thank you. All right. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everyone.